Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast. This time reviewing Mid-South Wrestling Television from March 12th, 1983, as taped on March 2nd, 1983, in Shreveport, Louisiana, at the Irish McNeil Boys Club. This week's hosts, Boyd Pierce and Cowboy Bill Watts, and of course the hosts of this podcast are myself, the great Brian Last, and the man who joins us each and every week, you know him from booking the territory, Mike Mills. Mike, this is a big one. We've been waiting for this one. We have. This is a big one, and I feel like I don't want to say too much because I'll spoil what we're going to get to later in the show. So I'll leave it with this. Boyd Pierce, since we didn't talk about him last week, he has a... I want to say he's real Christmassy, but he doesn't have any green. It's just a red suit with the white, you know, with the white shirt and a uh, red tie. But uh, I don't know why. Maybe it's because we're, you know, getting near the holidays and well, they're basically upon us at this stage. And I don't know. He's feeling like he's a little Christmassy. So that's all I'll say well, because we got a lot of other stuff going on on this show. What holiday? It's March. I mean, when we're recording this. Oh. You mean Boyd Pierce is dressing up for our holiday? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't. That didn't make much sense. Not that. Not that you say it like that. I meant to say we, you and I, Brian Last, are near holiday or are in the the holiday time right now. And I'm feeling like when I look at Boyd, he's got this red suit, and the only thing he's missing is you know, like a, a, a green pocket square or something that would really set it off for a Christmassy theme. But no, definitely they are not. They are headed towards spring right here. They are they are certainly not in the holidays. That's for sure. We are, but they aren't. It certainly is a very bright outfit. It's a very, very bright red. But speaking of Boyd Pearson, Cowboy Bill Watts, let's hear the open of this show and then we'll talk about this on the other side. I'm your host, Boyd Pierce. We have a lot of exciting action. This week's card will be headlined by an outstanding tag team match. The Mid-South Tag Team Champions, Matt Bourne and Ted DiBiase, in the ring against the terrific twosome of Tiger Conway Jr. and Mr. Racing 2 in a non-title match. The Black Ninja is here, also Mr. Olympia ready for action. We have a lot of excitement, a lot of things that have happened in the past, and to tell you about it, our guest commentator, Cowboy Bill Watts. Well, boy, it should be an exciting evening. Like you said, that tag match should be a really great one, and Mr. Olympia back. He made such a great debut returning to Mid-South after an enforced vacation. Houston, Texas, lots of action. They've got a great promoter there, Paul Bosch. He's was a top-notch wrestler in his day. He's been a great a philanthropist as well as promoter in Houston, and lots of action there. And February the 11th, there was a match between Mr. Wrestling 2 and the Iron Sheik, the man who brags about being the Khomeini's bodyguard. Well, I'll tell you, it didn't press Wrestling 2. He treated the Iron Sheik like he had a relative that was one of those people that was kidnapped and held for 444 days. Let's join the final moments of that in Houston, Texas. Well, there you hear it, Mike. The show open, and of course, we do go to that aforementioned match, Mr. Wrestling 2 versus the Iron Sheik from February 11th, 1983 in Houston, Texas. Jerry Usher, the referee, and Paul Bosch on commentary. Mr. Wrestling 2 wins with the million-dollar knee lift. Any thoughts or notes about this match? No, the only note I had was we hadn't seen the Sheik in a long time. If if you're not, you know, if you're like me and really didn't have access to, to much else, uh, besides world class at this point, man, you we we hadn't you know seen the Sheik and man just felt weird you know seeing the Sheik on Mid South TV after 
Uh, what did he leave in December of 81 or no, I think he was around in early 82, right, Brian? Early 82. And I believe around this period of time, he was probably in Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was different. Uh, just, just pointing it out. I mean, we've seen plenty of Houston matches at this stage, so that wasn't unusual, but it was a uh, weird seeing the Sheik uh, back in Mid-South television. Well, of course his name has been brought up several times recently with Jim Duggan objecting to Skandar Akbar having anything to do with the Rat Pack due to his association. Well, one of the reasons, his association with the Iron Sheik and Bill Watts last week brought up the Iron Sheik being a bodyguard for Khomeini, although in real life it was the Shah of Iran. Let's hear Bill Watts wrap up this Houston match. Now you see why nobody really looks forward to facing Mr. Wrestling to a tenacious, a tough man, because he just beat a man that's a tough man, Iron Sheik, who's been giving Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch all he wants up there in Atlanta. He came to Houston and tried wrestling too, and he got beat. And now we'll go on to bigger and better things, we hope, as we go to Jack Curtis later after these words from Mid-South Wrestling. And there's Bill Watts forgetting they're going to commercial break. He's about to go to the ring and Jack Curtis. But the main point of all this is to put over Mr. Wrestling too strongly. Which he does. And again, I feel like I need to stay quiet because we've we've got more coming later in this show with two. And I don't know. I'm just like... I'm like a kid right now on Christmas Eve, just like, God damn it, I want to get to 6 a.m. so I can open up these presents. Well, I don't know if you're going to do it during the next match. We get Kendo Nagasaki, as Jack Curtis calls him, the Black Ninja, versus Ron Ellis with Rick Ferreira as the referee. The highlight of this match, maybe the low light of this match, was right as the match is starting, right as the announcements are being made, there's a guy to the right on camera, who just starts picking his nose. So you can check that out. It looks like he's about to go to his mouth, too, when they switch to the other camera angle. The other note I had is Skandar Akbar comes out to watch the match, I guess to scout Kendo Nagasaki, the Black Ninja, or Black Ninji, as he was called by our friend Jack Curtis. Any thoughts or notes of this match? Oh, dear God, I just pulled it up, and I see this guy. He went for gold up his nasal passage. Holy crap. Uh, uh, oh, that's 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 just terrible, Brian Laz. Why did you have to point that out to me? <laughs> and he's going, I think he's taking it to his mouth right when they switch cameras. Oh, no, I can't watch this again. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Oh, he's got the trucker hat on too, and he just, just yeah, he's just he's getting the good hunk out of that out of that left nasal passage. Anyway, okay. So, um, no, I I, I agree with you here. Um, the the uh but hey i wanted that's what i wanted to ask you i got it in my notes kendo he kicks ellis early in a match and he looked like he was an inch from knocking ellis's teeth down his throat i don't know if you caught that i did and again i wonder based on what we saw last week with was it ron kessler and yes. you know ron ellis is now one of these guys i wonder how many of these guys who are working as the job guys on this taping have sufficient training I would agree with you there. Although, again, Ellis isn't anywhere near as bad as that uh, other guy from last week. I, I think you might be on to something there. It's like maybe they just don't know. Because, I mean, Kendo, he kicks him in. Jesus, Lord. I'm like, that guy's going to have to go to the dentist tonight. But, yeah, not, not no, other than that, I didn't really have much from this. Kendo Nagasaki wins with his thrust kick. And from there, we go to the desk where Boyd Pierce is joined by 
Hacksaw Duggan. We're going to have a few different audio clips to play here in between some recaps. Let's go to this first one right now. Racing fans here with me at the television table, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who wanted to sit here. He's not on this week's card, and he wanted to match. I want to show some of these people. You can show the fans, but first we're going to show them a match here on December the 8th, 1982, when you, Hacksaw Duggan, wrestled the top Mexican star, Chavo Guerrero. Yeah, that that figures. That's Chavo Guerrero. That's that Mexican type of way to do things. He's going to use that for a vehicle to promote himself for as long as he can. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you a little story behind the scenes. Hacksaw Duggan flew all night that night because I was caught in a snowstorm up north. I come in here, Chavo Guerrero, that little gnat, he's been so proud of himself with this tape. He's showing it around to all his relatives. He's got so many, just like a little cockroach, little cockroach that he is. He's all over the place. He's a little wet behind the ears, too, if you know what I mean. All right. he's take, uh, let me tell you something, Boyd Pierce. Let me tell you something, Boyd Pierce. He's using this excuse. He never beat me in this tape. You watch this monitor right here, and you watch what beat Hacksaw Duggan. That wasn't Chavo Guerrero. That was a ring post. Let's watch a match right now and decide for sale. Well, from there, we get a recap of Jim Duggan versus Chavo Guerrero, which aired on the Christmas episode, December 25th, 1982. Coming out of that, we get a little more audio with Hacksaw Duggan. Let's go to this. That figures, that figures, that's just what I mean. He's going to use that tape as long as he can. He's going to go around bragging how he beat Hacksaw Duggan. Well, you people saw, you saw yourself, Boyd Pierce, and everybody knows that Hacksaw Duggan didn't get beat by no Nat Chavo Guerrero. Hacksaw Duggan got beat by the turnbuckle or the corner post of that ring right there. After a long night, up all night flying, I have to come in here and fight this little man. He shouldn't even be in the ring. What's he doing? Anyway, I want to show my tape of what happens. And I want you to know, Chavo Guerrero, look at this tape real close. Take a real good look at it and see what happens to Mr. Big Guns, Tony Atlas, when he has something to do with Hacksaw Duggan. Chavo's real proud of himself. He wants to go around and show this film to everybody. I'm sure he's got it in a big safe can because he doesn't want to lose it. You know why he doesn't want to lose it? Because down in his guts, he knows that's the only time, the only time I'm telling you, Boyd Pierce, that he's going to have Hacksaw Duggan down on that mat. That's when Hacksaw Duggan runs into the post. That's the only way. And we'll be fair about it. We're going to show the match. Show my match. December the 15th, 1982, Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Tony Atlas. Let's watch that match. This is the one he wants us to see. Yeah. And then we go to this recap, which aired on the December 18th episode last year. And again, the first clip shows Jim Duggan not in a flattering light against Chavo Guerrero. The second one shows him and Tony Atlas. We get a little more audio coming out of this. After that, Mike, we'll talk a little bit about all of these happenings. Let's hear this. Different story there, Boyd Pierce. A different story there. Mr. All Muscles, no brain, learns his lesson. I hope Chavo Guerrero, sitting at home, makes sure he's got the channel on and the volume turned up so he can see what he just got himself into. The Rat Pack always wins, as you say, but it also appears to me that it always takes the entire Rat Pack to win it. Wait a minute. You come out here and say that kind of stuff. The Rat Pack, we take care of each other. We keep an eye on each other. That's something that nobody else in Mid-South does. And we'll be right back after this word from Mid-South Wrestling. And there it is, Mike. Three segments with Jim Duggan, Hacksaw Duggan, at the desk with Boyd Pierce. But he is great here. He's just a fast-talking, angry heel. And we've seen how he's been getting over with the fans. We see now that it's been teased that there's dissension in the ranks of the Rat Pack. And here's something to further establish him as this strong character in Mid-South Wrestling. 
It ends with this clip of him and Tony Atlas. Any thoughts or notes about all this? No, I like I like how they did this. You know, I mean, Duggan's out there really showing his personality. I mean, he was really digging in on Chavo. I mean, he called him a gnat again, a cockroach, and all his cockroach family members. I mean, he was he was really working stiff right there with Chavo, which, again, I mean, he's being a heel, but he's showing his personality. They go from segment to segment. You know, he, he, he says, oh, you know, what happened with Chavo? You know, it was the post that knocked me out. And it kind of was because, I mean, Chavo ducked out of the way when he lost that one. So, I mean, it, he, he didn't – I guess he lost technically, but, you know, it took a post to knock him out. And then they show the whole thing with the Rat Pack again and him getting help and beating Atlas. So really good stuff. Again, I think the main point of this was to show, like you had said, Duggan's personality, how really over he is, and we're building him up some more. And another thing, too, right there, they don't overtly say it, but if you listen to Duggan, there's no problems within the ranks of the Rat Pack. I mean, they're all good. They've got each other's back. He even says it at one point. He mentions that the Rat Pack takes care of each other. So keep that in mind. I mean, he's saying now... He's saying all the right things. You know, it's like a it's like a, a football team where there's a lot of trouble going on. And, you know, these guys are being interviewed in the in the in the locker room and, you know, they're giving all the right answers. But there may be trouble brewing, but he's not letting on the, the public see it. So I thought just a good little series of segments right there and promos from from Duggan. Well, this show's about to take a turn for the crazy here. We're about to get our next match. Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne versus Mr. Wrestling 2 and Tiger Conway Jr. But. There has been an incident, and we're not exactly sure what's going on, but Bill Watts is at the desk with a suitcase. Let's go to this. Well, boy, during the last commercial break, a lot of things happened. You can see the whole crowd is in an uproar. Lots of things happened. The base of it all is this suitcase right here that has a lot of the paraphernalia similar to what's been happening to Mr. Wrestling 2. There's a mask that is crimson colored, the paints to do it, letters to Wrestling 2, other masks, a doll in here, Wrestling 2 tights, a bunch of stuff. We're going to go to the match that's in the ring with ring announcer Jack Curtis. We'll try to get to the end of this after this next bout. Okay, that's short, but there's a lot going on. So Boyd Pierce doesn't say a word, but he looks concerned. Bill Watts, he's a little more amped up than usual, and you can hear the crowd behind him. There's a suitcase. It's opened up in there. Mr. Wrestling 2 masks, Mr. Wrestling 2 trunks, letters. There's a doll, and that doll is different than the one that we saw hanging from the ropes last week because it's much bigger. Mike, talk a little bit about this. Okay, so um, one thing, and I'm not trying to correct you, but it's actually a tray. It's like a metal uh, tray pan. It's just big. It's about the size of a suitcase, though, that all of this stuff is sitting in. And, and Watts says they received a package during the commercial break, which is really, really weird, but they do. And it, it, it Watts is going through it, like you said, and there's this big doll and there's the mask with the paintings on it and it's two's gear and it's been, you know, defaced and there's got paint on it. And it's just really, really, really strange here. You're like, what the hell is going on? And Watts is confused. Boyd's confused. And we're like, whoa, where is this going? And stay tuned. We got more coming on it. Well, we're going to find out more right away. The match happens. The Mid-South Wrestling Tag Team Champions, Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne from the Rat Pack. Versus Mr. Wrestling 2 and Tiger Conway Jr. with Alfred Neely as the referee. Let's go right away to some audio. Bill Watts talking about an altercation that just happened. But that should slow down the action none at all, Bill. Well, feelings are high, I can assure you of that. Uh, 
Wrestling 2 is just livid, and the altercation happened between Wrestling 2 and Mr. Olympia. And Mr. Olympia, as he went by, his eyes coming out of the dressing room, said, that man's crazy. Get him away from me. It just so happened that uh, during the commercial break, this argument broke out. We're going to try to see if we can get to the bottom of it. Right now, the non-title match out there, Wrestling 2 and Tiger Conway Jr. against DeBiase and Bourne. And you should see a barn burner. Well, there it is, short but sweet, but that's big news. Mr. Wrestling 2, the altercation was with Mr. Olympia. That's big news, Mike. Yeah, and, and like it's in the middle of this match with Wrestling 2 and Tiger Conway Jr. versus DiBiase and Bourne. And, I mean, I got to be honest, when I saw this when I was younger, I was like, man, I mean, I'm, I'd be invested in this match normally, but wait. We've finally got some news on this situation that's been going on now for months. I mean, this has been going on for months on end, and it's truly the the old school wrestling soap opera, which got most of us hooked on wrestling was the storytelling. We're like, hold on. I want to know more about what's going on here. So, you know, while while we got a good match going on with with four, you know, pretty high up there and top guys. I need to know what's going on with this altercation that happened with two in Olympia. Can we, can we get more of that? So I hate to say it, but a, a top match here is kind of taking a, a back burner seat. And can you, can you really blame us for thinking that way? Not at all. And especially when we're getting continuing updates during the match, a few more minutes after the audio, we just heard, we get another update about oral link capturing some footage. Let's hear this. Help them. They have to earn their own reputation. And there it gets the man right there who has earned his reputation. He didn't ask for anybody's respect. He demanded it. He's a very private person. He's got a tremendous amount of pride. And this thing about this defamation of symbolism of his masks and his tights has really uh, had him just livid for several months. He's been almost paranoid in his search for who has been perpetrating these things against him. And you can see him. He's fired up out there in Ted DiBiase. I just found out what it is to face wrestling too as you hear the crowd go two, 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 two. You can see him right there in the crowd, and you think this doesn't inspire him on. He's at a low boil all the time anyway. We just got word from Director Oil Link that he, during that commercial break, he had the cameras... Uh, panning the area and that he caught part of that argument between Wrestling 2 and Mr. Olympia on tape. Certainly uh, we'll try to get Mr. Wrestling 2 down here after that match and ask him just what set him off and try to get to the bottom of this. Well, there we hear it. Oral Link has captured on video the altercation, the confrontation between Mr. Olympia and Mr. Wrestling 2. So now the story starts thickening even more, Mike. Yeah, I mean, now I've got footage of the altercation. I Look, again, I said it a second ago, this match is a good one. I'm not trying to, you know, poo-poo these four guys in here, but we got a major story playing out, something that we've been dealing with in the territory for months now. And not only did Watts get this mysterious package and this tray with all this stuff that was on the, on the table a second ago, but now we're being told the freaking director caught the argument on tape. And at this stage, if you've never seen it, because that's the hard thing about doing this show, we've already seen this stuff. So we're reviewing something that we've already not only watched years ago, but we watched recently. 
you know, if you put yourself in the mindset of someone who's never seen it and you're waiting for something to come, like what happened? I mean, your mind's going crazy trying to figure out what the hell did he catch? I, I, can we get to that now? And I hate to say it because you got a good match going on, but I'm ready to see it. I want to see what the hell footage the director caught with this confrontation with two and Olympia and the argument that they had. What the hell is it? Well, before we get there, we have to get through this match. Let's now go to some audio from the finish of this match. And of course, it is a fired up Mr. Wrestling 2 teaming with Tiger Conway Jr. against the Mid-South Wrestling Tag Team Champions. Let's go to this right now. Wrestling 2, a man who just comes at you like a whole herd of cattle on a stampede. There's just no way to miss. Two down, Bourne coming in, Neely catches him, but... While Neely's distracted, Matt Bourne coming off the top rope. That should be a disqualification, but of course, Neely trying to put Tiger Conway out of the ring. And now Matt Bourne and Tiger Conway are into a fight. But Wrestling 2 is hurt. Got bodies laying everywhere. Alfred Neely. Trying to sort it out. Now Ted DiBiase going for the fall. Looks like it's over for two. Two got out. Two spun out. I thought DiBiase had him after that bombs away by Matt Bourne. DiBiase trying to load that glove. And Neely staying on top of him. DiBiase trying to load that glove. Alfred Neely trying to. DiBiase went for it, but two got out of the way. He throws a knee lift for the last ounce of strength. Bourne's coming in the ring with a chair. Bourne is measuring two, but Tiger Conway came off the top. The referee is down. It's out of control. Wrestle two throwing a knee lift. He's covered Matt Bourne, but the referee's not there. Tiger Conway has helped the referee into the ring. Boy, I'm telling you, I'm out of breath and out of voice. That was a wild one, and a victory goes to Wrestling 2 and Tiger Conway Jr. And look at that crowd. And we'll be back, Bill, with more action right after this word as you see the hands raised of Tiger Conway Jr. and Mr. Wrestling 2. Well, Mike, just like last week's Matt Bourne, Mr. Olympia match, a complicated series of events to finish this off. A lot happening, a lot of moving parts. I'm going to let you explain it. Oh, man, I don't even know where to start. (laughs) So... I mean, two and D, you heard him calling it, but it's real hard. I mean, two and DiBiase, they they take a double bump, and then Bourne hits the bombs away while the ref is distracted. Then you got Bourne and and Tiger Conway Jr. Uh, they take a double bump to the outside. Uh, two is in the ring. He kicks out of DiBiase's pin attempt, and DiBiase attempts to load the glove, but two moves and um, hits DiBiase with the le- knee lift, so he kind of he avoids the the loaded glove and then catches DiBiase with the knee. Of course. During this whole thing, Alfred Neely takes a flying bump to the outside, so he's out. Finally, uh, two is pin and born, who Conway hit with a move off the top rope. Uh, Watts is like, oh, my God, this is great. But he is – Watts is completely exhausted calling this thing. Long story short, we get two pin and born with Tiger Conway Jr. having to get Alfred Neely and push him back into the ring or – or lift him back into the ring so that Neely can make the count. Overall, though, once again, I'm ready to get to what what is overshadowing all of this, and that is the situation with two in Olympia. 
Well, let's get right there, because Bill Watts, coming out of the commercial break, is interviewing Mr. Wrestling 2 with Tiger Conway Jr. about what is going on, what's in this suitcase, and what just went down with you and Olympia. Let's hear this audio. This is big stuff. Well, ladies and gentlemen, before this uh, non-title bout between Wrestling 2 and Tiger Conway against DiBiase and Bourne, we had told you that during the commercial break, there was an altercation between Wrestling 2 and Mr. Olympia, two very unlikely people to get into it, and all was over this suitcase. And I think I'll let you start to tell us about it, because Oral Link, our director, uh, with the cameras going, when he saw the altercation up there, he taped it, and we do have a copy of that, a VTR videotape of the of some of the altercation, but I think we're all a little bit in the dark. Bill, when I was when he was out in the ring, having his match, this suitcase was lying down where he was. One of the guys happened to bump against it, and it fell open. This is what I saw. Now, when he came back in the in the dressing room, I asked him, man to man, is this your suitcase? He says, What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I says, answer me, man. Is this your suitcase? Well, yes or no? First of all, we're, we're, what the, for the fans at home, there's a set of tights similar to what you wear. There's a couple of masks like yours. And this one, of course, has been uh, doctored with paints to show a wounded mask. And there's a, a doll here. And down the center of it. this says wrestling. What does this say here? Wrestling 2, your pillow has been ordered so you can take your long overdue rest. I know I know your knee has lost its power, so don't hurt yourself anymore. And 2, you're a very confused man at this point. Don't worry, you will know when it hits you. And a lot of different things in here. Umpteen letters in here that I'm I'm sure they're they're very appropriate for the man that wrote them. Let me tell you something, Bill. You know I've known me for a long time, man. I'm a straight-up guy. I don't pull punches one way or the other with anybody. I tell it like it is, no matter who it hurts. And this, of all people, I cannot believe that Olympia is the man behind all this, but the obvious thing is that well. these are my masks, this is my clothes, this is the paint that he's been cluttering with, Hey, well, let's, it's, let's, it's, it's like black let's, and white. It's well, let's, right here. Let's show, that, let's show that altercation in just a second. And, again, let's try to collect our thoughts while that's going on because although there's a preponderance of evidence right here, let's wait until, you know, there's two sides to every story. And I think even the fans, there's maybe more to this than meets the eye. If, if Oral Link will show that while he's showing it, let's calm down and collect ourselves a little bit here. Well, there we hear it, Mike, a fired up Mr. Wrestling 2. And I love when one of these guys gets fired up and Bill Watts takes it down because it makes it stand out even more. Tiger Conway does not get a word and he's just standing there a little bewildered by this whole thing. But Wrestling 2 is fired up. They pull out this pillowcase, talk a little bit about all this. And of course, this clip that we're just about to see of the confrontation with Mr. Olympia and Mr. Wrestling 2, which starts upstairs and makes its way down. Talk a little bit about this. So once again, we got to put this into perspective. We still, at this moment, haven't seen the footage that Two is referencing and how and why he is so upset. So your imagination continues to run wild. You're sitting there going, what did we see? He's angry. He must, I mean, he's angry for a reason. Two is fired up. We know Two can cut these fired up promos. And you're right. Bill Watts, as the man who's kind of, I don't want to say the man in the middle of all this, but the man who's kind of directing things, and he's like, okay, you know, 
I can tell you what it looks like, but at the end of the day, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let's let's settle down. Let's kind of let things. Let's see what really happened, and once we, you know, maybe hear from all parties, then we can determine what the actual situation is and who maybe is to blame. But for now, two is like no. He had his stuff. He had he had my stuff in his stuff, and it was evident. And again. We're sitting there going, can you? I, I got to see it. I'm dying. You, we've heard about this altercation now a couple of times on this show. Can we? Can we? Can we see it? And we do get to see it, and it's glorious. Well, Mike, let's talk a little bit about it because obviously there's no audio. But Mr. Wrestling Two and Olympia, they start arguing upstairs. If you don't know this, the Irish McNeil Boys Club, the dressing room, the locker room for the wrestlers was up a flight of stairs. So whenever there's a run in, these guys have to run downstairs that the fans can see to get into the ring. So this argument starts upstairs and moves all the way down to the front of the ring. And by this point, other wrestlers come out, Tiger Conway Jr., Art Cruz, Tim Horner, but wrestling too is livid. And he even gives the million dollar knee lift to Olympia on the floor. Yeah, this, this is, this is incredible. So they cut to the footage in, again, it's not a promo or anything. All it is, is we, we catch Olympia backing up out of the dressing room with two holding what we assume is Olympia's briefcase that he would take to the shows. And I say briefcase, a uh, suitcase, because, you know, the guys put stuff in suitcases back then. They didn't have the rolly bags and whatnot. And all we see is two like telling him, what the hell, what the hell? You really can't make out what's going on. And then eventually, when all this is going on, as they get down to the floor near the ringside, like you said, the suitcase, I think, uh, I think it's, uh, I think actually two throws the suitcase at Olympia. And when he throws it to him, the suitcase comes open. We see two's gear in there. Two hits Olympia with the knee lift and he is angry. He's pointing at the suitcase. And all I remember is watching this as a kid going, you gotta be kidding me. Olympia is the stalker. Because I don't want to go back to everything I've said from the beginning, way back when, we just assumed it was Kamala and Akbar because they were hunting for masks. So, like, all roads led to Kamala and Akbar. We had no clue it was Olympia. And now all of a sudden it's like, are you kidding me? Olympia has been in on this the whole time? This was pretty damn amazing. I mean, I don't know. What did you think the first time you saw this? I mean, you know, we're re-watching it now and reviewing it. But what were your thoughts the very first time you saw it? I thought it was such a cool angle and just the way it was done. The way it was laid out, the suitcase appears. Apparently, the suitcase was discovered while Olympia was in the ring. And then, Mr. Wrestling 2, one of the things that is interesting, considering the interview later on in the show with Olympia, is that when Wrestling 2 throws the suitcase and it opens up, Olympia immediately dives down towards it and frantically tries to get everything back into it. So right there is an interesting moment, because he didn't say, what's this? He saw what popped out, and he tried as hard as he could, as fast as he could. To get everything back in. Right. To conceal it as soon as he could. Yeah. He, he absolutely did. Tremendous. I mean, long. You think about this long story they told here. He's been stalked for months. And for this to be what is the outcome? It's like, I still can't believe what I just witnessed. But credit them because, I mean, we're going to hear some audio in a second. I, it doesn't sound like Olympia wants to own up to it just yet. Let's see. And the other interesting thing to note is that this is the one week or, you know, the one television taping or they've said it. He's not here this week. The junkyard dog, Mr. Olympia's longtime partner and friend, is not here. So all this is happening 
without the dog here. We now have to wait also to see what's going to happen when the dog's around. How's Olympia going to react to the dog, and what's his role going to be? But coming out of the video of the confrontation, we get a little more audio of Bill Watts talking to Mr. Wrestling 2. Let's go to this. Well, certainly uh, while we reviewed that, and, and maybe you've had time to calm down a little bit, I know just how much this has bothered you. I think I know it more than anybody because we have known each other for a long time, and uh, you are a straight-up guy, and you've told me just how this has upset you and your whole family. But also, this is the United States. And in the United States, you know, there's two sides to every story, and I think somebody is innocent until proven guilty, and, and we haven't had a chance yet to question Mr. Olympia. And Mr. Olympia, if you recall, when you got injured from a situation around this same property situation with Akbar and Kamala, he's the one that, that volunteered and took your place with Stagger Lee. And he was forced to leave, and he hadn't even been here. And now here he's first, first uh, second week back. Uh, it looks like, like you say, uh, certainly we can see the evidence is here. But I think, you know, let's give it a time and, and let's, let's wait. And, and what we'll do, he's scheduled to wrestle next. We'll, uh, after his match, we'll get him out here. We'll confront him with this and we'll hear his side of it. I think it's, first, I would like to congratulate you both on that great victory over DiBiase and Bourne. And, and I understand, I certainly understand. And, okay, we'll be back after these messages from Mid-South. Well, like Bill Watts just said, Mr. Olympia will be wrestling up next. I said earlier that Mr. Olympia was wrestling when the suitcase was discovered. I guess he was just out of the room, actually, when the suitcase was discovered near where he had been sitting. But coming out of this, we get our next match. Mr. Olympia versus Marty Lundy, future tag team partners. Mr. Olympia versus the future Super Olympia in Southeastern Wrestling. Rick Ferreira as the referee. Two notes. Olympia wins with his sleeper, and the other one is the fans kind of don't know how to react to Olympia. He doesn't get the big pop he got the week before. They still don't know exactly what's going on, but they are already starting to be like, you know, I don't think we should give our support to this guy, right? Do you see that here? I do see it here, and although it's not the same, it's kind of reminiscent of when JYD and DiBiase wrestled that time before DiBiase double-crossed them. When the fans were kind of like quiet, didn't know who to cheer for. Not the same, but they are like, no, this is not the Olympia that we know and love. So we're going to proceed with caution here. And rightfully so. Oh, excuse me. Rightfully so that they did proceed with caution. Uh, I don't have any other notes as well, but definitely quiet. And we got, again, I'm ready to see. (laughs) So uh, I keep saying this during this episode. Because we've seen a lot of segments, we've seen a lot of interviews, we've we've now got who the stalker was, and now I'm like, okay, so we heard two side, we saw the footage of Olympia trying to conceal what was in the suitcase, I want to hear what Olympia's got to say now, I want to hear him defend himself, I mean, did he do this, did he not do it, what's happening, I'm just, at this point, you know, these two guys working in a ring, I want to hear what, what Olympia's going to say. Well, that's where we go next. We go to the ring. In front of the ring, Cowboy Bill Watts interviews Mr. Olympia. He has the suitcase there. Let's go to this. Watts has left our table and intercepted Mr. Olympia after his match. Let's go to the ring, Bill Watts and Mr. Olympia. As you see, we have another match scheduled, but we promised you we'd talk to Mr. Olympia. And, and Mr. Olympia, I know you're upset about this. And you voiced to me during the commercial break. But I do have to say and state the facts, this is your suitcase. Bill, I don't know what's going on. I, I've been gone. 
For 60 long days I've been gone, and now here this comes up. I took Wrestling 2's place. I know that. Out of the bottom of my heart, I took this place. Let's just answer the question for Is this your suitcase? That's what he meant. Is this your suitcase? Yes, that's my suitcase. Obviously, somebody else has put something in it, though. Well, there's a lot of things. You've never seen any of this paraphernalia? I don't know. I don't know how this got here. I didn't. T- I hadn't done any of that. That's my suitcase, but I had other things in it. Well, certainly, I don't see anything that's that I, I don't recognize see how the of man yours. Can blame me for something like this, because I stood behind JYD through thick and thin, and Wrestling Two got hurt right here on TV, and I took his place. I had the goodness of my heart, and I've had to take a vacation 60 long days. But let me tell you something, too, or no matter who it is, I don't back down from nobody. Well, I'm not backing up. So no, if two I, don't lay I, off me, yeah. I'm going to tell you, it's going to be trouble because I'm not going to back well, up. Well, I, I know that in the heat of the moment that both of you are upset and you've both got a right. He naturally, I think you can understand, under the persecution he's been under, and certainly you being falsely accused. I can understand. I don't know what's going on. No, I, I, I have no idea. I've been gone. I don't know what what the man's well, been going through, but he now I, he's blaming me for it. We did want to get you out here and in front of everybody ask you, and you've you've denied any of these of any of these in there. I don't see any of your personal belongings in here, and certainly a lot of things have happened. We saw the things Paul Orndorff pulled. We saw the things Ted DiBiase. So we've seen a lot of things happen here. We thought, we've seen the things Hacksaw Dugan pulled. So somebody could definitely be at the bottom of this besides you, and certainly I want to believe that, as does everybody here and everybody at home. I'd say this, let's let a week go by, let's both calm down, and let's just try to get to the bottom of it. Right now, we'll go back to Boyd Pierce. And Jack Curtis and the four contestants of the tag team match are in the ring. Let's go for the introduction. Well, there it is, Mike. Mr. Olympia denies everything, and his reasoning is plausible. He's not showing any signs of being a rule breaker here. He's not showing any signs of being a heel. What did you think as a kid? Uh, He's got a good poker face. As a kid, I I still believe that, you know, maybe somebody was framing him. Maybe someone wanted us to believe that Olympia was the one stalking two and wanted to get at two. I, I, I had my doubts after seeing the footage of him trying to cover up the suitcase and put the stuff back in it and the way he reacted to it. But then when you hear him at ringside with Bill Watts, who's got the suitcase right there and he opens it up and he goes, you know, obviously uh, Olympia, this is your suitcase. Is it not? And Mr. Olympia looks at Watts, looks at the camera and says, Bill, this is my suitcase. I can't deny that. And then he's like, okay, so what's going on here? And he says, "I I can't explain it. You know, I've been gone 60 days. I, I don't know what's going on. You know, this is this is not me. I didn't do this. So I really thought for the time Olympia Olympia is being framed. Someone is framing him. And I guess that goes to show you like how good of an actor he was with it, because then I was young, too. That's the other part. But I really thought he he's he's he seems to be pretty honest and seems like he didn't do it. I don't know. What did you think? Again, he seems flustered. At the very beginning, when Bill Watts says, is this your suitcase? He kind of reluctantly has to say, well, yes, it's my suitcase, but I haven't seen any of this stuff. I don't know what this is. I haven't been here. And he keeps pointing to the idea that I helped him out. When he got hurt by Kamala, you may remember that was recapped. When he got hurt by Kamala, I'm the one who stepped in the match. I'm the one who lost the fall, and I'm the one who had to leave town. So he keeps trying to say, you know, instead of forget about all this, look at the little birdie over here. Look over here at this bird. Look at this bird over here. 
So there's a little bit of trying to misdirect, or I shouldn't even say that. There's a little bit of him trying to say, hey, it's reasonable. I didn't have anything to do with this, but Mr. Wrestling 2 was pretty hot. He, he was hot. You, you made a good point about, you know, how he stepped in and he was the one that took the fall. Keep that in mind how, you know, he's the one that ended up taking the fall and had to go home for 60 days. That's a that's a that's a good point with this. I do believe he is trying to direct it elsewhere and not on the suitcase. But at the same time, when I was younger, I, I, I still doubted. I was like, I don't know. I don't think he did it. I don't I don't know if we can put this on Olympia right now. And, um, you know, it's hard when you watch it now. You're like, OK, it was pretty obvious. But, you know, you put yourself in that mindset the first time you saw it and you, you really thought, no, this this guy's clean. He didn't do it. And why would he do that? To, why would he do that to two? I mean, you know, he's been on his side. He was JYD's partner. This is weird. But that's the thing. Stay tuned, man. We're going to find out if he really, really did do it right now. I'd say it's 60, 40. People think he did it. 40 percent think he didn't. I don't know. It's hard to say. And the tough thing is now we have to wait till next week to hear more information. This is good wrestling television. I can't wait now until the next week's episode to find out what's going on here. This is how you do professional wrestling storytelling the right way. But it isn't the last thing on the show. We get a tag team match. Kelly Kaniski and Ron Kessler back in the ring versus Art Cruz and Tim Horner with Alfred Neely as the referee. Time runs out. We don't get a finish here, but what we do get is a sign-off by Boyd Pierce where he quickly realizes that he's made a mistake. Let's hear this. Our time is just about gone, so until next week, for our guest commentator, Boyd Pierce, I'm Boyd Pierce saying goodbye for our guest commentator, Bill Watts. Join us next week on Mid-South Wrestling Television Network. Thank you for watching. For our guest commentator, Boyd Pierce, I'm Boyd. He realized it right there. He's like, oh, no, I just said my name. <laughs> He's so, he's so conditioned to say, and I'm, I'm Boyd Pierce, and for our guest commentator, Bill Watts, I'm Boyd Pierce so long for the yeah. He's so used to saying Watts' name, too, that he, <laughs> he says his own name. No, I, I've, I've actually done that before. Um, wow, yeah, no, good old Boyd. Uh, I, I got a note on this match. Uh, Ron Kessler never gets in the ring. Never. That's why I didn't say anything, because we ranted last week about how <laughs> awful he was. This week, it's like, okay, we need a body. Just stand on the apron. <laughs> <laughs> it's nowhere yeah. near this match <laughs> that's it go off air he's on a ring apron well with that we wrap up another week of mid-south wrestling an exciting week of mid-south wrestling television can't wait for next week and boy is a lot of stuff happening right now but until then you can follow me on twitter at great brian last you can follow the arcadian vanguard podcast network on twitter at super podcasts of course we're also on facebook facebook.com slash Arcadian Vanguard. You can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast at 605pod.com or available wherever it is that you find your favorite podcasts. Mike, how can the listeners stay in touch with you and booking the territory? Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike504Saints. I say it all the time, but I try to post clips and promos and whatnot from these shows that Brian and I do. Some of the some of the better moments, I'll say that. Uh, also, you can listen to Booking the Territory twice per week at tinyurl.com slash bttpod, or just search Booking the Territory wherever you get your podcast from. On Sunday nights, it's our Smoky Mountain Wrestling recaps. On Thursday nights, it's our NWA Saturday night shows on TBS from the 80s. It's a fun time. We are the unprofessional wrestling podcast as myself, Hardbody Hopper, and Doc Turner 
swear, cuss, and tell stupid, ridiculous jokes that aren't funny and are not politically correct, but it's still fun nonetheless. So give us a try and listen, but you have been warned. It is very unprofessional. Brian, these last two weeks have been crazy. This week here with Olympia and two is insane. You said it. This is really good storytelling. A lot of times back in the day, that's why it's not always what you do in the ring. It's the storytelling behind what's in the ring that makes this good. And this was another example of months ago, two started getting, you know, stalked and Literally now we're just getting to the payoff. And even though we got the payoff, you got to stay tuned because as you heard, Olympia did not want to say he did it. So there's that. And that's why I love doing Mid-South. And that's why the next couple of weeks are even going to get better. The Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. For Mike Mills, I'm the great Brian Last. Tally-ho! Tally-ho!